0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman and welcome to the June 2022 CTSS quiz. It's hard to believe we're in the middle of the year. Within a few days, our fellows are going to be leaving and we'll get new fellows. Wow, time is flying. Anyway, I have 10 great cases and without any further ado, let's get started. The likely cause for GI bleed in this patient is which of the following? Well. When you're looking at the images what you see is about a one centimeter enhancing lesion in the mid small bowel it doesn't have the appearance of an av malformation as there are no abnormal vessels nearby it's not diverticular disease and it's not lymphoma small bowel lymphoma usually is bulkier but more important small bowel lymphoma is hypovascular so now you ask me what tumor of the small bowel could be uh, this well the answer would be small bowel vascular tumor Differential would include that of a carcinoid tumor, which is a good thought. A gist tumor, which commonly bleeds, often is exophytic, as opposed to a carcinoid with intraluminal. And the third thing is metastatic disease. In fact, this was metastatic renal cell carcinoma to the small bowel. We always have to remember about metastasis. And remember, mets from renal cell, particularly clear cell, are typically hypervascular, be them to pancreas, be them to muscle, be them to small bowel. The most likely diagnosis in this 40-ish year old female is? Well, we have a complex cystic mass involving the body and tail of the pancreas. There's a septation present. So when I think about location, I got to go with MCN. When I think about 40s, I have to go with MCN. Cirrus cystadenoma is 70, SPEN is 20, and IPM is 50 to 70, but IPMNs aren't this large, unless they had a malignancy within them. Spen tumors can be cystic and solid, but this is almost too cystic for a sphen. But more importantly, the patient's too old. And cirrhosis adenoma is a consideration, an oligocystic perhaps, but um, not a great location. And at the patient's age, I'm favoring an MCN. And indeed, that was the answer. MCNs, as you know, are resected because of their pre-malignant conditions. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, the findings relate to the stomach. You see multiple polypoid lesions in the stomach, and if you look at the coronal view, you can see that pretty much of low density. It's not the appearance of adenocarcinoma. Perhaps you say, well, maybe a polyp became malignant or there's a malignancy with a polyp. I don't see that. Carcinoid tumors occur in the stomach. Usually they're single. They can be multiple, but they're always vascular. Lymphoma tends to be bulkier. This is both multiple lesions and its low density. It's located in the fundus of the stomach, and these are fundic gland polyps. They're benign lesion, and this patient had many of them. The most likely diagnosis in this case is... Well, I see a mass that's near the adrenal bed that's hypervascular that washes out. Now, the thing to do in this case is make sure this is not an adrenal lesion. If there was an adrenal lesion present, this would be most likely a vascular lesion, which is a pheochromocytoma. That's not one of the choices, and I'll help you that this is extra adrenal. Lymphoma is a possibility, a bulky nodal mass, but again, usually it's not very vascular neurofibromas are typically of low ct attenuation primary adrenal cortical carcinomas you could consider that um, and they can perhaps you know have a range of appearances from hyper to hypovascular they could wash out and it's a consideration but i think when we scanned higher we found the adrenal so now we have an extra adrenal lesion think about a neuroendocrine tumor and this was a great example of a paraganglioma simulating other tumors in the retroperitoneum. Just a very nice example. About 10% of pheos are extraadrenal. We talk about organ of zircocondyl. We talk about the periodic regions as some common locations. The least likely diagnosis in this case is, well, we see a patient with ascites, and then we see an infiltrating tumor involving the terminal ileum this could be a carcinoid tumor they usually carcinoids are more polypoid they're more vascular adenocarcinoma is a definite possibility as is b cell lymphoma it's bulky there's ascites and in fact this ended up being b cell lymphoma presenting with abdominal pain lots of ascites but the one thing this is not is crohn's disease crohn's disease you got prominent mucosal enhancements you have luminal narrowing. You don't have this wall thickening like this, and you don't have this appearance of what's obstruction by this thickened bowel. Uh, The truth is, you could have have Crohn's disease. I guess I should say you could, but if this was a patient with Crohn's, then I would say there's Crohn's with a malignancy present. You don't see ascites typically in Crohn's, so the least likely diagnosis is Crohn's disease, and as I mentioned, this was a wonderful example of B-cell lymphoma. The most likely diagnosis in this case, this is an easy case, I just wanted to show you a very nice hypervascular tumor, lots of neovascularity. This is not a chromophobe adenoma, which is not that vascular. It's not a papillary, which is usually hypovascular, and a renal cell is solid and not that vascular. Remember, we speak about papillary as being under 90, surely under 100 Hounsfield units, and clear cells going up in areas that are well over 200 this is a perfect example of a clear cell, uh, renal cell carcinoma, just a very nice example. In this patient with chest pain, the most likely diagnosis is well. when you look at the patient's arch, you see a little outpouching or a little questionable finding near the AP window. When you look at it in the sagittal 3D views you recognize that little structure you're seeing is actually a communication between the aorta and the main pulmonary artery. And that's the classic definition of a patent ductus arteriosus. You can see it goes right up to the vessel. Sometimes they communicate. Sometimes the ductus is filled. Sometimes the ductus is atretic. It can often simulate a dissection or other process in this region. This is surely not a type A dissection. The ascending aorta is good. It's not the appearance of an intramural hematoma, and we don't see a type A dissection. So the answer is number C. This was a PDA, just a really nice example. You really don't appreciate the PD very well, except in retrospect in the axials, and that's very commonly the case. So you need to be looking at the obliques or 3D volume rendering. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, you see a large right upper quadrant mass, The challenge I have here is, is this mass coming from the kidney? Then it's a myelolipoma. If it comes from the liver perhaps, then it's a lipoma of sorts. If it's coming from the patient's adrenal gland, it's a myelolipoma. I think from the images I gave you, it could be a challenge. I know it's not a pheo because it's not vascular. It's too much fat to be a primary adrenal cortical carcinoma. They can have some fat within them or you can have collision tumors, but nothing to this degree. And lymphoma would be a solid mass which maintains the adrenal shape and usually is bilateral. And since I only gave you four choices, you have to go with C, adrenal myelolipoma. This is a huge myelolipoma that will get resected. There's no issue with potential malignancy, the issue with potential bleed in the future. You can see when lesions get very large, even if you had all the images it can be tricky distinguishing site of origin but this was an adrenal myelolipoma wonderful case in this thirtieth year old with right upper quadrant pain what's the most likely diagnosis well you see a large mass in the right lobe of the liver extending to the dome the mass borders are better defined on venous, so it washes out a bit it's a little more vascular on arterial and you see the borders are slightly irregular but fairly sharp. So what are we dealing with here? This is not the appearance of a liver abscess though. Liver abscesses can be great mimickers. It's not FNH, that has a central feeding vessel, homogeneous enhancement, central scar. It's not hepatic adenoma, which are typically not cystic unless they've bled. They're usually solid masses. And a liver abscess, I guess you can consider cause it's low density, but the borders and the enhancement I'm more likely dealing with a tumor. And if this patient's 30-ish, there's no other good history, this is what I'm gonna be considering as a fibrolamella hepatoma. Fibrolamella hepatomas have better survival than classic hepatomas, but it's something you need to think about. It's a younger patient. Again, the differential you're at least thinking about is fibrolamella hepatoma, FNH and hepatic adenoma, atypical hemangioma. But again, the enhancement patterns will help you make the right diagnosis. The most likely diagnosis in this case is, well, you have a mass in the root of the mesentery which is densely calcified. There's some tethering around the patient's SMV, but you don't have the typical carcinoid appearance. You don't have the real desmoplastic reaction. You don't have any changes within the small bowel as a site of tumor, for example. Lymphoma, if you had lymphoma in the mesentery, and you were giving radiation therapy and it was treated, you could have calcification, but otherwise it would not happen. Carcinoid tumors can calcify. Up to 70% of carcinoids do have calcification. This is pretty high in terms of position. Also the calcification abuts some of the venous structures, but not causing that much of a process and it's almost too calcified. Now, what does that mean? Well, we see calcifications in 70% of carcinoid tumors. The calcifications are usually eccentric. They're not so coarse and dense. When you see a mesenteric mass with coarse and dense calcification, then I'm thinking about sclerosis mesenteritis. And sclerosing mesenteritis is indeed the answer. It's a leave-alone lesion as long as you can make the diagnosis. It often drives people crazy being certain that's the diagnosis, short of a biopsy. Anyway, I've showed you 10 terrific cases, 10 things you need to think about, and 10 cases that you may see in your practice this afternoon. So with that, have a great day, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.